Merry Christmas. I'm Amelia Richardson Dress. I am one of the pastors here at UCC Longmont, and along with all of our amazing staff and volunteers, I get to welcome you to this space tonight. When we come together uh, this evening, we come together to hear a story that may be familiar to you, but we come knowing that we might hear something new in it this evening. And so we bring our questions and our doubts and our excitements and wonderings, knowing that this story is big enough for all of those things. In this community, we are learning together how to build a community that is uh, open and accessible to people of all ages and stages and abilities. And so know this evening that if you need to move or adjust, that's welcome here. There is a coloring table in the back. If you find that you might listen better, if your hands are busy, you are welcome to make your way back there at any point. There is also a staffed nursery in the back for our youngest folks. And also if you find that you might see or hear better in a different location, feel free to move within the pews. Uh, on this night of all nights, we come together not just with grace for each other, but with joy for one another, knowing that we are welcoming each other the way that God has welcomed and shown us how to welcome. And I'm Sarah Verasco. I'm also one of the pastors here, and it is part of our tradition to welcome one another. If you happen to be a visitor or a guest, or if it's been a while since you've been here, we want to invite you to receive these words. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. So allow that welcome to rest upon you or to rest beside you if there's a smidgen of room. And wherever you are, in our sanctuary or online, I want to invite you to arrive more fully. Wherever you came from and wherever you're headed after here, that's for another time. But for now, be present, even if you are moving or just arriving. Allow yourself to feel the support of the pew or the floor that is beneath you. Feel the support of the community that's gathered because we recognize that community is a gift. And so tonight is no different. In fact, it's amplified that we come to be in community together. So allow yourself to experience the grace and the love that this community offers because it is just a hint of the magnitude and the grandeur of the grace and the love that God offers to each and every one of you. And let's see what God's love will do with each of us, all of us, in this time of worship. Let us rise in spirit and sing, O Come All Ye Faithful, in our New Century Hymnal number 135. We will be singing verses 1, 3, and 4, and the lovely Simon, Danny, and Robert will be accompanying us tonight. Peace, and we are. 
You have touched the earth this night with your unconditional love. Touch our hearts and minds and souls. May we never tire of this story. May we never take it for granted. Make this night magical again. Amen. Through Advent, we lit candles, candles of hope and peace, of joy and of love. And this evening, we light those candles once again. And tonight we light a new candle called the Christ candle. We remember that God dwells among us and God's light always shines. If you have uh, maybe been listening to Christmas music for much of December or maybe since Thanksgiving or maybe even earlier, as some of you I know have, you have probably heard a few times the song, I'll Be Home for Christmas. And I learned in a round of Christmas trivia this season that uh, when that song was released in 1943, the only other song on the recording was, Oh Danny Boy also sung by Bean Crosby. And even though it wasn't a Christmas song, it makes a certain kind of sense to me because both of those songs speak of a longing. There's a longing for uh, something or someone far away. In I'll Be Home for Christmas, that longing is summed up with the wish to have 
snow and mistletoe and presents under the tree. And then there's that indescribable feeling that we know when we are at home. And what Bing Crosby sums up as the place where the love light gleams. For Mary and Joseph, the love light gleamed in a small town called Bethlehem. When we tell this story of Mary and Joseph making this journey, what we might often notice first is the uncertainty of it all. We might trace their steps from those very first visits by angels to tell them both that they would be having a baby, to the census, to this uh, journey, it's 85 miles that they made on foot or maybe by donkey, right to the end where they're laying a newborn in a manger. And it feels tenuous. And so our hearts go out to them because we know about that uncertainty. Maybe we don't know it exactly like that, but we do know it in our own ways. We know what it's like to feel alone or to have life take a turn that we didn't expect. It's all there in that story. And sometimes when we go to that uh, place of noticing the uncertainty, what we sometimes might miss is that what is also there is tremendous blessing. And I don't just mean this blessing of Jesus, who we come to know as God with us, who inspires us even today, but the blessing that for Mary and Joseph, there wasn't just fear or even awe, there was hope. And that hope was possible because they had encouragement. Much earlier in the story, in the part we don't read on Christmas Eve, when Mary first gets the visit from the angel and hears the news that she'll have a baby, she responds first with some questions, and then she responds with excitement and with welcome. And then a very telling thing happens. She leaves and she goes to her cousin Elizabeth's house and they share their joy together. For all of the turmoil that an unplanned pregnancy might bring a young couple right from the very beginning, Mary is secure in the love and the support of her family. She belongs to a community of people who are willing to dream alongside her, who are willing to risk alongside her. And it is also family that take Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. We heard that in our story. The reason that they go there is because the census has required that they go to their towns. And because Joseph is in this lineage of David, his town is Bethlehem. The writer of Luke is certainly telling us something about who Jesus is. And he's pointing us towards a prophecy about the Messiah. But the writer of Luke is also pointing us to something else. The places we call home matter. And so we make our own journeys to these places. 
Some of you maybe are in town tonight because this is the land of your family and you have come home. Some of you are joining us online tonight because you've gone to your land of your family. And some of you maybe are here and you know that peculiar sort of combination of joy and grief that comes when you have called many places home. And you might be one of those people who find that you are comfortable anywhere and also always missing a little bit of somewhere. Home calls to us at Christmas. It's why we end up with so many movies about stranded travelers. And it's also why there are so many movies about the family members that we learn to love despite their faults, like the movie Elf or Christmas Vacation. And it's why we get movies about what it's like to be in a place that you love without the people that make it matter, which for me is Home Alone. Joseph and Mary may have longed for the home that they left behind but they also almost certainly found home in a new way. They had family in Bethlehem. This word that we translate as in in the reading is better translated as something like guest room or maybe upper room, meaning it was part of the main living space of a family home. And archaeologists point us to the possibility that unless a family had enough money to hire shepherds to watch their sheep, their few animals would have been kept on that bottom level, what we might call the entry level. Either way, whether Mary and Joseph sought hospitality that night in a hotel or a house, when there wasn't enough room for them in that moment, room was created. And maybe on that night, the love light gleamed as people found something for them to lay a baby in. And as they rounded up cloth and they taught new parents how to swaddle. And so like Scrooge, when he goes and he's looking at Bob Cratchit's family and he discovers that great love can be found even in hardship. When we look at this story of Jesus' birth, we might see the same. The manger that Jesus was laid in wasn't a sign of everything that was lacking. It was a sign of everything that was present. And I imagine that it's because Jesus knew this love of family and what it was to be home that he turned to this kind of metaphor often to talk about the kingdom of God. This idea of everyone Finding home is profoundly revolutionary. Imagine it, the possibility that the love light gleams right here in Longmont, where even tonight people are sleeping in streets or on cars. Imagine the possibility of the love light gleaming to the war-torn places around the world where home exists only in memories. 
The great hope of Christmas isn't just that we will be home with the people that we love already, but that home can be found in new ways wherever we are. Pierce Brown says it this way. He says, home isn't where you're from. It's where the light shines when everything else seems dark. So maybe some of you have found a new sense of home this year. Maybe some of you have found home in a new town, a new school, a move to a new retirement community. Maybe for some of you, home hasn't been found yet or it's lost for this moment. And so I hold up the possibility of this hope that home or homes can be created as Mary and Joseph created home for a little baby and as home was created for them. All through the story from angels to shepherds, this is the night that we celebrate belonging. Not just belonging to a particular lineage, a particular family, or even belonging to a particular place, but belonging to a God who chooses to make their home among us. And because God makes God's home here, we learn to make our home in God. So no matter how Christmas finds you this year, whether it is filled with chaotic excitement and overflowing joy, or if Christmas finds you facing some loneliness, I hope that there is a moment where the love light shines and your soul finds rest. The meaning of the incarnation, this idea that God dwells among us, is that this, all of this, everything that's wrapped up with being human, has the possibility of bringing blessing. And so with whatever uncertainties you each might face, Face them with the hope of ages, which is not a hope for an easy road, but the hope and the trust that the journey is shared. Friends, this is a wonder-filled night. God with us has come to touch our world, our lives, and the places that we call home. Here we hear angels and see shepherds and are transformed by a baby. Here at this communion table and at all tables where we gather, love is offered and love is found in the sharing of bread and cup.
As we turn to a prayer of blessing, I invite you to be in a posture of blessing, knowing that that may look different for each of you. Some of you may want to hold your hands toward the table or towards something that you might be celebrating communion with at home. Others find blessing uh, open-handed or maybe clasped hands. And so we pray together. God, who came to be among us, who turned a stable into a holy site and shepherds into heavenly messengers, bless us again tonight. Bless this bread and this cup that it may be food for our souls as well as our bodies. And as we eat and drink together, make us your body and make our lives into your blessing. Amen. The story we hear tonight is of the infinite becoming finite. It is the story of love enfleshed. And so it is that Jesus, God with us, continued as he began, walking in love and welcoming the stranger. Wherever he went, he ate with all who would have him until he became known for these moments of joy around a table. But life is not without hardship. And in those moments, we make a choice to love or to fear. So it was that one hard night that Jesus chose to love. And on that night, Jesus broke bread with his disciples, and he said, this is the bread of life broken for you. As often as you eat of this, do so in remembrance of me. Likewise, Jesus took the cup and he blessed it and he reminded his friends of the love that he came from and the love that they came from. He said to them, this cup is like my love which is filled to overflowing and poured out for you. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. And so when we celebrate communion tonight, we do it not to remember the difficulty, but to remember the promise. Love makes a way. Let us share the bread of life and the cup of blessing together. Here at UCC Longmont, we use gluten-free bread and juice so that we can all share together and know that anyone is welcome to take communion here. In just a moment, we will have three stations in the front and three in the back. We also have somebody ready to bring communion to you if it is easier or you prefer to have communion in the pew. This is Christ's table, and all who long to know the way of love are welcome here.
has been made ready. Let's join our voices and spirits as we read together the prayer of thanksgiving as it's printed in your bulletin or as it appears on your screen. Good and gracious God, thank you for meeting us here at this table where heaven and earth intersect, where our hunger to be one with you and all of creation is fed. May this night kindle our love, compassion, and mercy anew. Amen. Thank you. not tell you how the light comes. What I know is that it is more ancient than imagining, that it travels across an astounding expanse to reach us, that it loves searching out what is hidden, what is lost, what is forgotten, or in peril, or in pain, that it has a fondness for the body for finding its way towards flesh, for tracing the edges of form, for shining forth through the eye, the hand, the heart. I cannot tell you how light comes, but that it does, that it will, that it works its way into the deepest dark that unfolds you though it may seem long ages in coming or arrive in a shape you did not foresee. And so may we this night turn ourselves toward it, 
May we lift our faces to let it find us. May we bend our bodies to follow the arc it makes. May we open and open more and open still to the blessed light that comes. it was being in this space with people that you don't know. Or perhaps it was something in the reading that you heard or the music that touched you. Perhaps it was the taste of the bread or the juice in the cup. Perhaps it was the passing of light to another or receiving the light. When did love find you? And how will you let that gift be a part of you and a part of our world? And so when you make your way into the world, to all that comes tonight,